the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord, ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. He causes the vapors of, to, to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of the treasures. Who smote the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast? Who sent tokens and wonders into the midst of thee, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and upon all his servants? Who smote great nations and slew mighty kings? Sihon, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdom of Canaan. And gave their land for a heritage, and heritage unto Israel, his people. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people, and he will repent himself concerning his servants. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any beast in their mouth, any breath in their mouth. I can't see either. <laughs> they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord out of Zion, which dwelleth at Jerusalem, Praise you the Lord. This song begins with praises and it ends with praise the Lord, doesn't it? It's just a song of praise. It was uh, written from what I studied by Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a psalm writer, if you didn't know that. King Hezekiah, Hezekiah at the end of the Judean kingdom, one at the, at the very end there. And it was, uh, it was used in the temple. They sang this in the temple. And uh, it looks back, it seems to me like it's a summary of a, just things that God has done throughout all time. I believe it goes back before the creation of Adam. I believe it goes back to uh, the trouble in heaven when, when uh, Lucifer uh, was, he was, before he was Lucifer, right? I mean, when he was Lucifer, he became Satan. I get it straight. Boy, I, I need more sleep. And so... From it, we can see some instructions about praise, just randomly praising God for some of the good things, for great things that he has done. Now, you're going to see other psalms that's going to tell you to be more specific in what you're praising God for, but this is just, it, it's just got all sorts of things from, from historical things put together uh, to praise God for. So it's instruction. As I said, it begins with praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And then it ends... 
praise ye the Lord. So it was a song. It was a, a, a hymn that they sang. The Jewish songs don't, don't work like American songs, okay? They just don't, they don't have the same uh, uh, layout as, as American songs do and, and Western songs. Uh, you know, hillbilly songs, got a rhyme, you know, it's got a rhyme. So, so it's a commentary on different things to praise God for. And it tells us how to praise. Look at verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Now, uh, that word, the first one there, praise the Lord, is the, just the, the short form of Jehovah. Jah is the, the word that's used in the Hebrew. Praise ye the Lord or praise Jah. And then he says, praise ye the name of the Lord. Anytime you see the name of the Lord in the Old Testament, that's Jehovah. You, you could write, you could, in your mind, you could just put pencil in Jehovah. That's what it's referring to. Of course, who is Jehovah in the New Testament? It's Jesus, isn't it? Jesus is the New Testament for Jehovah, the name of the Lord, Jesus. Okay? So, the word Jehovah, Jah, means the eternal one, the one that exists and inhabits eternity, the one that was here, there, and everywhere before there ever was anywhere. That's Jehovah. And so it points to the Lord that everything belongs to God and everything is uh, to bring glory to God. That's the truth. And then the last part, he said, you people of the Lord, praise him, all ye servants of the Lord. So the people of God are to praise the Lord. The devil's crew is not going to do it. We're, we're to do it. So we're to praise him. We're to praise his name. Praise him above all other things and we, we've got a lot of things to be thankful for. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't have a great memory of everything that goes on in my life. I forget. But there's a lot that God has done that we have forgotten. It's just so many good things that God has done. You know, and so this continual praise in this song is, is just, just something they did in the temple constantly. The priests worked 24 hours in the temple. I guess you know that. The, t the temple was operative 24-7, okay? And priests would always be there, and there would always, always be some type of praise going up to God from that temple. That was a special place, you know. And we are to often give praise, and we don't give praise to God enough, do we? Uh, the temple's gone, and it's up to us to do that. We're the temple of the Lord, so me and you are to praise, praise the Lord. So we're to praise Jehovah? No. His name is Jesus, right? We're to praise his, his name. His name is Jesus. There no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name Jesus. So praise him. Verse 2, he says, Ye that stand in the house of the Lord and in the courts of the house of our God. So this is the inclusive verse. In the, in the primary place is the priest, and then the people are in the courts. In the primary house is the priest, and then the courts... So all of the people, in verse 2, he says, are to praise the Lord. Everyone, even the little children, we're to teach the little children to praise the Lord. We love these little songs that the kids sing. And we need to get them up here and sing again, don't we? They need to be up here. And we're to teach them to praise the Lord young. Praise the Lord just with all of their might, with all their mind, soul, and heart. And so then we look at verses 3 to 14. And I have, uh, I've labeled this section 
has praised God intelligently. There's things that we can praise God for that he has done, and, and just not to rattle things off, but for his goodness. Look at verse 3. He said, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. I know we say that all the time, don't we? Is it always true? It's always true. And there's people that would disagree with you there. There's people who have been through things that blame God for it. And they're mad at God. But God is good. He is good. His name is Jesus, and, and there's no other God like him. Now, we're, he's going to get into some false worship in verse 15 to 18. He talks about false worship or false gods that are worshipped. But you think about our God. Let's think about our God that is good. I could go through all of that list of things there, what, what he praised God for. Let me just summarize it by saying this. Our God is not like other gods. Dagon. There's Dagon. Remember him? Uh, they uh, brought the, 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 the ark into the temple of Dagon, and his hands fell off, right? And then he fell down before the ark of the Lord. The Lord's presence was there but not a physical being was there the ark was only there a symbol of God Dagon but think of Baal now Dagon and, and Baal were temples and they they were really brothels that's what they really were they were brothels and the the priests were pimps and the the, the ladies were prostitutes the temple girls were prostitutes our God is good our God is good. The Hindus. Uh, now, the Hindus are the best of the false gods, in my opinion. That's my, that's my uh, uneducated opinion. But they, at least Hindus are, are kind of don't want to hurt anybody. Right? I kind of like that. You take the jihadists, you know, they want to kill all Christians. I don't like that group, right? <laughs> they want to kill everybody. But the Hindus are peaceful people, basically. They are. I, at least I don't know anyone. I, I think I do, do know I have met a few. I don't say that I know them. But think about what the Hindus worship. They worship animals. They worship rats. Cattle. Rats. Think. Can you imagine worshiping a rat? Is that not messed up? I'll offer one up every chance I get. <laughs> you know, one of the popular things... Of, of the kids' day is to worship the universe. The universe. Have you heard this? Worship the universe. Isn't it sad that now God's going to have to destroy the universe? Because God destroys everything that's worshipped, doesn't he? He has to destroy everything we worship, mankind. Now, Moloch, Molech, Moloch, whichever way you want to call it, Molech, he has an unsatisfiable desire for blood. That's the god Molech. Unsatisfiable thirst for blood. And uh, he, the, he was the one that they sacrificed the children to. Molech. What? He, and people worship that. And see, you know, I don't know this, but I think there would be an equivalency of that kind of worship going on today about in every one of those fashions. Maybe not with the name, but the practices. I read, I read about Marlon Brando today. Don't waste your time. Heathen. Heathen. Great actor, but heathen. Uh, and who is being worshipped today by, by the many peoples? 
you know, the, the Indian worship and all this stuff. It's pagan. It's all pagan. You think of these gods, and, and you, you, there's always something new. That, you know, they're putting statues up of Satan now in America. Y'all seen that, right? Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird. It's really far, far out there. The worship of fallen angels and things like that. Mythology. They do that too. All of those things are false and all of them are limited. All of them are the creation of man's mind and creation of man's hands. And they always have the morals of the creator, don't they? But our God is the creator. Our God is good. You know, that simplistic statement, God is good. Now you see the value in that. Just simple and plain. In verse 3, he tells us to sing praises to him, for it's pleasant to praise the Lord. The God uh, of this world, as I said, is going to be destroyed by our God, by our God. I, I, I left out the Aztec gods. They liked uh, human sacrifice too, didn't they? Think about all that, or a little while. Is there anything as sweet as the name of Jesus? Think about that. Some people want to think that God is cruel. You just listen to what I said. Our God is good. He's sweet. Verse 5, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. That's enough. Amen? And now this section we're to praise him for different things. In verse 4, that, that he called them out and made them his people, the children of Jacob. Uh, verse 6 and 7, praise him for his power. Look at verse 6. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth and in the sea and all deep places. He calls to the vapors, to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasures. Creation. God made the world. He created the Adam. We went to watch the movie. Did what's the name of that movie? What's the name of that movie we watched? Barbie? No, it wasn't Barbie. But... <laughs> what's the name of that movie? Oppenheimer. Is it op or hop? I didn't read the, I hadn't read that yet, okay. How many seen that? You know, they, they were, it's the making of the atomic bomb. And uh, it's, it is made clear in there if Hitler wouldn't have hated Jews, he'd won the war. He would have had the bomb, right? God just twisted his little mind a little tighter than he wanted it, didn't he? God knows what he's doing. But you think about when God created the Adam, I wonder if there was a big bang that took place when God created the world. Now, I, by the way, I want to just share with you that this, to me, looks to me like it's going back to the fall of Lucifer when these general references here. And I, I don't know if you believe in the seven to 10,000 year creation. I believe that God created the world maybe millions of years ago. Okay? And don't, you know, you might call me a heretic when I get done, but wait till I get done before you do. 
hear me out. Uh, if you go to Genesis 1-1, I'm not trying to compromise with anybody, but they can take a telescope and look out into space and, you know, because the world is going out, time is going outward, you look far enough, you can see what happened a million or however many years ago. And so uh, that I'm not using what I believe to back that. I use what they said to back up what I believe. Okay? So look at Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens, the heaven and the earth. I believe that was a creation when, when the angels were created. And who knows what else that God created in there. It could have been millions of years ago, millions of years ago. I don't know. It wasn't there. I'm going to ask him one day, and he'll either straighten me out or say, he was on to something. But uh, then, and look at 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Okay? I believe that was the world being destroyed. I believe the fall of Satan was the end of that. Okay? And then you got the recreation. Well, there's some evidence in text, in, in Scripture for this. And verse 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided light from darkness. So, so I divide... The original creation, verse 1, and then the fall of the world destroyed. I believe, I believe Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I don't know this. I believe the fact that he's the prince and power of the air, he had possession of this with his third of angels. And it was destroyed. It was made void, made without form. And what I believe God created it void and form, without form. You follow what I'm saying? Look at verse 2. And the earth was without form. I don't believe God created the world without form. And void. I don't believe God created it uh, void. And I don't believe that God created it in darkness. See, God doesn't do that. That's not consistent with its character. And you don't have to believe this. You can believe. And I believe the, uh, the art people will call you a heretic if you believe the world is more than seven to 10,000 years old. Anybody read that? I think I've read a little bit about that. And, you know, I don't think that's nice for them to call us heretics. I don't, don't agree with that. I think there's evidence that what I'm saying is true. I don't know. It doesn't bother me if it isn't. But it gives a lot more time. If you think about it, it makes God a bigger God if you think about a God that created something a billion years ago. And see, I believe that God made man and put him on this earth to bring an end to sin and to cleanse heaven of the fall, the sin of Lucifer when he fell. I believe we have a, a purpose. And that is our purpose, is to bring an end to sin. So God created the universe many years ago. The angels were part of that. Other things, God may have made other things that lived in the universe. If you look into the stars, and, and, and uh, uh, Ben's mother is going to bring the lesson about the stars next Sunday night. How many heard that the first time? She's going to do that again. If, if you, you come and hear her, and, and I believe you look up at the star, the Milky Way is, I, 
I haven't done the studies on all that, but uh, are signs of disruption that there was something that went on in the universe before the world was created. So human history, seven to 10,000 years old. Now I agree with the, uh, the art people, uh, Ken Ham and his group. I believe and agree with them on that. But I believe there's a lot of things created before that and that God created, the, the, recreated the world, told Adam to repopulate the earth. You know, the explanation of the, the Hebrew word of replenish in the first chapter of Genesis is explained away in a seven to 10,000 year time. You don't have to explain anything away if you believe that Adam was to replenish the earth. Now, you don't re now they say, well, the Hebrew word there can be used either way. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of that, but you may be wrong. And I don't have to be right. You say, preacher, where was the ape man and all that? Well, they came in in the 60s. The beetles and the monkeys and all that. There was no such thing as cavemen or nothing like that. There's no Neanderthal and all that bunch of junk. They found monkeys, and they assigned things to them, okay? But there are, there are dinosaurs, and we have Christian people that don't believe in dinosaurs. Anybody here, I wouldn't want to put you on the spot. Anybody want to confess that you don't believe in dinosaurs? I'll let you confess, but you've got to not be taken seriously. You do believe in a flat earth too, right? Flat, no dinosaurs, flat earth. And they didn't land on the moon. They went out to uh, 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 New Mexico. Absolutely. Absolutely, there's flood. So, anyway, uh, we, we might get into more questions next Sunday night about uh, the stars and what occurred when, when Wanda's here to teach her lesson. So, to bring this all to a conclusion of what I'm saying... God created man to judge Lucifer at the cross of Calvary when Jesus would die on that cross. We go back in history to 2,000 years ago, the most important event in history. All right? Verse 7, let's go back to the text, if I can get my Bible back to it. He said, uh, he calls us the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He, that looks, that looks pre-Adam to me. He make the lightning for the rain. That could be after. He bringeth the wind out of treasuries. They tell us. I think Ham would tell you this. That the, it didn't rain in the earth before the flood. Right? That's, you've heard that. So this lightning thing is. I think probably pre-Adam. All of that. Verse 7. And so, what do we do? Oh, our God is great. To me, our God looks greater if he made it that way and did all these things that I'm trying to insert. And I realize I'm inserting. But I do have evidence through Scripture, the fall of Satan. You know, I was listening to uh, our seminary teachers. I always uh, listen to our seminary teachers. Matter of fact, they put out uh, information all the time from our seminaries, and I listen to it. And what I've determined is, that our seminaries never go out on a limb for anything. They will not. They don't believe that uh, 
Isaiah 14 is about Lucifer and the fall. I don't believe there's a seminary teacher that believes that. I don't know where you place all that if you don't. See, you place it as mystic statements that was made in Scripture that have no reality to them. But, uh, you know, I, I, every, and Melchizedek, don't study, don't look at our seminaries for Melchizedek. They don't have any, they don't know who in the world that was, nothing. And I don't either, but I just, at least I would go out and take a chance and take a guess. Verse 9, who sent tokens and wonders in the midst of the O Egypt? Upon Pharaoh and upon all of his servants. He's just praising God for historical things that God has done. Who smote great nations, verse 10, and slew mighty kings. And then he mentions the kings in verse 11. And then in verse 12 he said, And gave their lands for a heritage, and heritage unto Israel his people. And I believe when you get to verse 12 you need to pause just for a moment to see that God is at work in the history of mankind. God is at work. You see, the vast continent we call America, the North American continent, South American continent, uninhabited till uh, 14, well, probably before that by European people, uh, but uh, be, be other peoples than European before 1492, uh, 1500, around there. But God gave this place to people that was seeking him. I read uh, uh, The Light, Peter or somebody. Gosh, I've read books all my life. I can't remember what I read. Uh, the Light and the Glory was the name of the book. can't think of the author. But it, books like that just kind of give you the understanding that God did a great work when he sent people to America. God sent the children of Israel to the promised land, didn't he? We know that in Scripture. Look at verse 12. And he gave their land for inheritance, and heritage unto Israel, his people. So here's what I'm going to do with this. How many of you got Indian blood in you? I got some Indian blood in me. You know, we, we feel sorry. We, you know, Indian people haven't been treated right, right? There have been a lot of people mistreated in the world. But God took the land from them and gave it to the conquerors to establish America. And I'll say this. I'll tell you why. Because they didn't do anything with it. They weren't going to do anything with it, apparently, because God took it away from them and gave it to someone that would establish a nation, a, a country here, and look at the good that this country has done around the world. Now, I think we're getting away from that, don't you? I think we're far from that. And have we ever been perfect? By no means. Never far from it. But it is God, and we need to continue to seek that more perfect union as all the uh, great historians mentions. But God gives land to who he will. Here's the question in America today. Is God going to give it to somebody else? Is God going to give it to somebody else? That's the question. God gave Israel to Israel, didn't he? And then he gave it to somebody else, didn't he? Amen? Gave it to somebody else. Why? Did, why? Because they turned their back on God. They turned their back on God. Why wouldn't he do the same here? As we have turned our back on God today more than ever before.
why wouldn't God give this place to someone else? And you know, the, the, the communists in China just hate the, un, the underground church, don't they? They do. They hate the underground church. But their hope lies in the underground church of their survival. Because if the gospel would flourish, God would bless the land. If we want to revive America, we need to preach the gospel around the country and win people to Christ. And there's, I, I'm not a big John MacArthur fan. How many know John MacArthur when I mention that? I'm not a big fan of John MacArthur. I'm not against him at all. But I'm just not a big fan of his. He says it's too late. Y'all read that? He says it's too late for America. God's going to judge America. We're done. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think he knows. I do know this from history. We, we understand this. At the darkest moment is when God turns things around. At the darkest moment is when God sends revival. When the people's heart turn to him, he will look to them. Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, right? All right, let's continue. Verse 13. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever, and thy memorial, O Lord, O Lord, throughout all generations. So we're to keep praising the Lord. Look at verse 14. For the Lord will judge his people, and he will repent himself concerning his servants. Okay. God's going to judge us. God's going to judge you and me, aren't they? Isn't he? Now, we're going to stand at the judge seat of Christ, and we will be judged as an individual at the judge seat of Christ. If you're not saved, you'll be judged at the great white throne judgment later on. We're going to be judged first. Judgment begins where? At the house of God, the place of God's people. So the dead in Christ will be raised and will be judged. And then the world will be judged at the great white throne. And then the nations are going to be judged. And I think, I think as far as America is concerned, I believe compared to nations, we have a pretty good record. Compared to nations, a pretty good record. But God's going to judge the nations. So... Now we'll look at verse 15 and 17, and, and quickly, I don't want to take too much time with this. It won't take much time, but the false worship. Verse 15, look at 15. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold. Silver and gold. We can buy silver and gold, right? And the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not, these gods, Eyes they have, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouth. That's the false worship of false gods. But that's not the, the most important verse. Verse 18 is the most important verse. They that make them are like them. How are they like them? Well, let's go back through that again. Verse 15. The idols of, he, of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes, but they see not. Ears, but they hear not. So they, the pagan worshipers, the false god worshipers, they don't see, they don't hear. They're blind. And he said, so is everyone that trusts in them. So, materialism, made by man. I got a reference over in uh, uh, Exodus 32, verse 4. 
uh, talking about Aaron, and he received them at, at their hand and fashioned it in a graven, uh, with a graven tool after he had made it a molten calf. They said, These be the gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Has that scripture amazed you? That scripture amazes me. How long were they out of the promise, out in the wilderness? How long was they away from God doing miraculous work until they make a false god out of a calf? They make it like a calf, a golden calf. And they say, nothing happened. They said, this be the God that brought you out here. The work of man's hand. I think the reality here, here is that they're taking credit for their deliverance from Egypt, that they did it. Because ultimately, when you're worshiping false gods, you're worshiping yourself and your own sinfulness. So, here's the problem. You become like what you worship. You become like what you worship. If you worship materialism, you become like a materialistic person. If you, if you worship the false gods, you become like your false gods. If you wor worship these sexual gods, you become sexually minded, directed. If you worship the Lord, you become like the Lord. And he's who we need to become like. So these false gods are blind, they're empty, they're, they're heartless, they're immoral. But our God is good. Then he closes and I'll be done. About the worship 19, he said, Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. It includes all of us, doesn't it? Verse 21, Blessed be the Lord out of Zion, which dwelleth at Jerusalem. Praise ye the Lord. So, church, let's bless the Lord. Let's be a blessing to God. Let's praise his name. Let's praise him and bless him before the nations. Anyone got a word? Commentary. A challenge over my belief. Agreement with it. How many don't believe in dinosaurs? Raise your hand. Anyone got a word? 